0: Sega BITS presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things Sega, with your hosts George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg.
1: I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the here. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sega Talk. This time we're going to be covering Sonic Adventure. I don't know if you guys heard of that game. It's a minor uh, release by Sega on the Sega Dreamcast back in the early... Well, I guess if you're in Japan, it's 1998. The game... Well, I mean, first, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support this podcast, you could go to Patreon. And if you don't have any money and you still want to help us out, you could give us an iTunes review. That'd be great. Uh, But first, Barry... You want, you want to start talking about how this game came into your life? And then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the release dates and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, boy, how did this come into my life? I really wanted to get a Dreamcast. Um, I don't think I was able to get it on release, but I was able to get it for my birthday that, that year. And uh, it was the first game I got with it. And I didn't buy a VMU because I didn't know what they did I thought the game saved on the console and yeah so I played it for a week but I was unable to save so I'd play as long as I could and then go back to the beginning and I finally got a VMU and then I was actually able to play it
1: yeah the the VMU it's I guess I could see your perspective because it has a screen and before like their memory cards didn't have a screen and I even remember the day the Dreamcast came out looking at all the like Uh, accessories and one of the things was that they had two different memory cards one that had the the screen and then the other one that had like four times the memory i don't know how at this time it's probably just two times Mm -hmm. but it but without the screen and then you had and then they had the rumble packs you had to buy separately um my first time i played this game it was on a demo form because like my friend bought the dreamcast on launch day and he couldn't we? Nobody pre-ordered anything. They just walked in and happened to get one, which is I, I assume they're super lucky because it sold out on launch date. So he could only get Power Stone uh, hmm. for the launch title, and but it came with a demo disc anyway. So I got to play the first level in the demo disc, and uh, it was really really impressive at the time how um, they did the water. I think this is one of the levels that they kind of displayed their what the Dreamcast could do, mm-hmm. which is something that we're going to talk about today. And uh, I just want to say, if you guys noticed something different about Barry, is that he's sick, and <laughs> he's soldiering on and doing this episode. So you guys give him a hard time anyway, though, in the comments below. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, this game was released in December 23rd, 1998, in Japan, like we said. Uh, Sonic Adventure was the first fully realized 3D Sonic the Hedgehog platformer, and it was originally called Sonic RPG. The game uh, placed greater emphasis on the story, which it had cutscenes and all that, which... Well, uh, you know, that that's really what separated this game, right, from the other ones, because Sonic was basically a silent character, like mm-hmm. a classic Mickey Mouse, and this one, we had him going, whoa, whoa. Remember when the you know who could forget? Tales. yeah who could forget the exciting right yeah the game also showcased the dreamcast's power utilizing about every feature on the console especially on that beach level with this with the water and stuff mm-hmm. including online leaderboards dlc and a bmu minigame the game was released as a launch title in america and europe on their respective release dates However, those who wanted to try the game earlier could rent the console in the game for 20 bucks at Hollywood Video. I didn't know about that. I did know that they used to rent consoles. My friends used to uh, actually rent consoles there. Did you mm-hmm. ever rent a console at uh, Hollywood Video?
0: I, I rented an Xbox, but I never rented a Dreamcast.
1: Okay, I never rented a Dreamcast. I think we rented a uh, PS2 when it came out. I uh, couldn't afford a PS2. Like, I got the PS2 way late in its life cycle. It's a great console, but... I mean, I guess people could say that I was a little salty that the Dreamcast lost to the PS2, maybe. That <laughs> yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, stood out. Uh, the Sega Saturn did not have a main title uh, Sonic game, which is... Instead, it had 3D Blast. Okay, so, Barry, before we go get into it, but, like... You don't consider three D Blast a three D game, right? Even though it has three D in the title.
0: It's it's a lie. It's isometric. You know, it's yeah. like drawing it's like drawing a cube and then saying this is a three D cube. It's not.
1: Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. And you know, and I also hate that Wikipedia actually has Sonic three D Blast as a mainline series title, but like if you look at mm. the mainline series, there's only it's only this one and I think Sonic Mania that are non-Sonic Team games, so I'm really hesitant to give it to. Uh, I do give some, even Sonic Mania. Do you think that's mainline? I don't know. Uh, I do. I I mean, classic mainline, but yeah. Uh, so the, uh, T- Takashi Azuka was the senior game designer on Sonic Three and Knuckles, and who pushed the idea of, of a Sonic RPG to Yuji Naka and Naoto Oshima and discussed with each member of the team what elements made up a Sonic game as they carry over all the essential elements to 3D. Uh, What do you consider essential elements for a Sonic the Hedgehog game? Do modern games like Lost World and Forces lack something that Adventure and Genesis Originals had?
0: Hmm. I mean, you look at that first stage and it has ramps, it has springs um it has i guess people would say like the pinball physics uh enemies rings you know it's um there's some pretty basic essential elements that are all there though the dash pads are new um mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on the dash pads
1: you know at the time when you're first playing it um i didn't put too much thought into the gameplay but the more i guess older i got or the more i played it over and over again at first i was it it felt like it felt kind of like it was a roller coaster Mm. where you had limited control and limited amount of times and and a lot of people hate that because in the classic sonic games it feels it's not like you always have control they always have the roller coaster moments but it i think it felt more obvious in this game
0: yeah
1: uh compared to uh the older classic games because in the classic games you have so much platforming then you get to a point where it's like a roller coaster where you just do the the spin around and you have no control of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think that they balanced it better in the classic games compared to this one. But yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Interesting. But the, yeah. yeah, the dash bar, the dash pads weren't terrible. I mean, they gave it gave the game some iconic moments, especially the whale scene that everybody talks about and remembers.
0: Right, they're almost like helpers pushing you forward because you need to remember. To uh, hold the stick, and with yeah. um with Lost World and Forces, I think what they're missing is the multiple playable characters and just more of a like a bright sunny adventury fun kind of take. I don't know. It just seems like it's lacking that in those games.
1: It's funny because yeah. Lost World does have kind of a positive, more bright vibe, but mm. I agree that compared to the other ones it's still missing i guess the interaction or whatever like even the classic games had friends and i guess now we have a point of sonic when they have no friends now right it's just sonic even yeah. even like unleashed even though they could have just made the werehog knuckles they decided to make them uh sonic anyway so they could say it's just the sonic game yeah yeah and hmm. uh as for the sega genesis titles uh, the physics didn't carry over. I, I think that's the most um, glaring one. I guess if you talk to classic fans where they talk about how they hate the 3D games. Mm-hmm. I think they're different. I don't think that you had to carry over the physics. But uh, it definitely was one of the essential ingredients in the Genesis games that made them what they were. Because it that's why when you play a Mario game and then you play a Sonic game, they feel totally different. Yeah. For sure. Um the earliest 3d platforming test demonstrated that sonic could complete a level in only 10 seconds which uh, led the team to rebuilding levels over and over until a satisfying length was reached development began on the sega saturn but when it became known that the console did not have enough uh, much life left in development it shifted to the katana which was the early code name for the dreamcast and the saturn work was repurposed into sonic jam as a way to see how the public would react to a three D Sonic. Did you experience Sonic Jam before Sonic Adventure? And what did you think of how Sonic played on the Saturn in 3D? So
0: I, <laughs> I like how he wrote the questions, but you're yeah. asking me. Um no, but I actually I played Sonic Jam after Adventure, and I was surprised by how well it actually played on the Saturn. I could have totally seen a maybe more simplistic take on Sonic Adventure on the Saturn. Maybe, you know, like it had that kind of overhead view. Yeah. And may- maybe they could have done something like that, like from the uh, Sonic 3D Blast perspective, but in full 3D. Um, it wouldn't have had as many wow moments, I don't think, but I, I think it would have worked.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, as for me, as... Uh I actually played Sonic Adventure first. Uh I didn't play Sonic Jam until like forever. Like mm. it, like I don't think I played until like maybe 2004, 2005. Um mm. I never had a reason to go play. Like I didn't even know it had 3D parts on it. I thought it was just a re-release of the classics. Right. So when I actually went and actually played it and it was kind of rare too for what I've n- noticed. Mhm. So when I actually went back and played it and noticed that they put the the spin dash on the first one, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought the 3D was cool. I really, really, really like the way that Classic Sonic looks in that low-polygon 3D form that they used. I think they used um, the power that they had as well. But, like, those little areas where you play it is pretty small. So it would have been interesting. Also, it's not as fast as the uh, as the Dreamcast Sonic Adventure, but... I, I kind of like the speed. I thought it felt great. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was responsive. So It would have been interesting to see a uh, classic Sonic 3D game early on on the Saturn. But it is what it is. <laughs> With the Dreamcast development going strong, core members of the team took a trip to Central and South America. To ex- uh, Their experience shaped how the game's stages would be designed and their photographs not only inspired stages, but actually used as textures in the game itself. A Sand Hill stage was even inspired by sand borders the team had seen in Peru. Do you think a trip to Sega's uh, uh, on Sega's dime enhanced the game? Do you think Sonic Team should take more vacations? <laughs> uh, you know you what? This this. Is, yeah, this is something that I like. I like re, when we do when we always look back and we do articles. We have to look at old, you know, old interviews. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they always say, like developers at Sega were like, oh, I came up with this idea when I was traveling for work at like doing research because Sega would basically send, at least this is a Negoshi interview where he talked about Daytona. Mm -hmm. They were basically sent everywhere, the arcade teams to uh, do research on um, what Americans like, what Europeans like. And uh, they got Daytona USA from watching NASCAR, and they were like, this is what makes it you know, exciting. Mm-hmm. And so they made it into an arcade game and obviously made a lot of money doing that. So I think traveling works. If that works to, to spark some creative uh, juices and development team, yes. I think a lot of these people just like, uh, obviously, the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish, I mean, I think everybody wishes their employer would be like, hey, you want to go on vacation, it, you know, enhance your uh, work pro- productivity, I'd be like, right. sure, let's go to Peru. Right. And did it make it better? Yes, because I think uh, a lot of what, like the way that the forest, when you're like walking and they kind of cover the top and everything, and when you fall into it, I think it's pretty interesting that they did like these foresty areas that, you know, felt very native. Yeah. I think they did a pretty good job for the limited power that the Dreamcast had. I mean, it's not a PS4, right? So you're not getting Uncharted now, but back then this was this, this was the best or the cream of the crop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I loved when you went out and you looked over the uh, what was that the Mystic Ruins, and you could jump off and just like land somewhere in the forest. And uh, I mean, they they said that before this they would base a lot of their ideas on the Genesis games off of what they'd see in like. TV and movies and stuff and so to see it firsthand I think gave it a lot more of a natural look, more of a um, realistic random not random but like blocks would just like be ruins would be strewn about you know it wouldn't be so architectural like the um, Genesis games were there was nothing very uh, natural about the Genesis games. everything felt built, you know.
1: Yeah, and, uh, that's kind of like, it's, well, this was basically Sonic in the real world, right? When you play the Sega Genesis games, um, you play them and then you're like, this is a made-up world, obviously. Green Hill Zone, the way that the, um, everything looked, right? The, the pixels, the graphics, the designs of them, it's made up, made up. It kind of looks, some people even predict that, you know, uh, Sonic's just running in a maze created by a scientist and, uh, That's why everything looks so fake. Right. Um, And then, but in Sonic Adventure, everything's more realistic. And uh, what do you think? Do you think that actually worked for the game? You know, uh, did you notice that it was basically a whole different art style, the graphics? I did,
0: but it, it, you know, it worked for me. And I think it was still fantastical and cartoonish enough that it worked. Now you look at Sonic Forces, and I think it starts to get a little too realistic. And yeah. it just doesn't yeah. work as well for me. It's a little too dark. Uh, it's, it, it loses some of that fantasy feel that I think Sonic Adventure, and even Sonic Adventure 2, definitely had.
1: It, it was kind of weird, though. When, you, when I, you first go to the city, I was like, wait, there's humans, and Sonic lives with the humans? When I was a kid, because it was like, when you, you play them in the other ones, there's no humans. The only human is Eggman, and then it's like, now it's Flip. It's pretty exciting, though. I mean, I like the whole town and the overworld in this game, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, Yuji uh, Yukawa. Did I Mm -hmm. screw up his name? No, you got it. Character designer for the game was given a monumental task of redesigning the cast. Oh, man. We're getting to this. He asked himself, to what extent do we change Sonic, and what are the reasons for changing the way he looks? Graffiti art served as an inspiration for the new design, and aged up characters like Amy Rose and gave Eggman a whole new look. Do you think these redesigns were successful? What lessons do you think the Sonic mm-hmm. movie could learn from Yuwaka uh, 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 op Oh, I screwed up his name. <laughs> well, um, you know we've got the time, so let's
0: actually go through the, I guess, seven characters. Let's do okay. that. Okay. Uh, right. So let's start with Sonic. Ooh. Um, he's a lanky boy. He got lanky. He got mm-hmm. green eyes. Interestingly, like the buckles to a lot of people were new, but he had them in the Japanese art, just never in the games. Yeah. Um, it's
1: probably for pixel reasons. And that was about it,
0: right? Like, and got,
1: he, I mean, outside the linkiness and the bigger, I guess, fins or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Talons or um, whatever they call them.
0: And he had that those teeth, like it almost looked like a Nike swoosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, do you think it worked? I mean, obviously it was successful.
1: Well... Okay, so I I guess it was successful because I knew there was something different about Sonic when this came out, but I Mm -hmm. didn't like... It wasn't like I was like, oh my god, he's so much taller. Like That kind of didn't register to me that much. Yeah. I I, I knew there was something up. I mean, and then when you actually examine it closer, it's the green eyes. Uh, Personally, I like the classic look better of all these characters. I know uh, I'm just being biased maybe because they're the ones, but I always kind of liked the idea that they were... Based on Felix the Cat and that kind of look. But I do think it was successful because, I mean, look how many ears. And this is probably the Sonic that most people know. That's
0: true. What do do you think of Tails?
1: Okay, Tails... This one... mm, This this one's actually pretty interesting because I always felt like they made Tails look more like a girl in the new Hmm. redesigns than he did in the other one. I don't know why. And every time... I used to meet people that would play the adventure games. They they thought that he was supposed to be a little girl until, I guess, I guess even when he talked. So, I don't mm. know. What do you think? Maybe I'm just... People don't know what they're talking about around me.
0: No, I think you're right. Because when they draw him, he'd look kind of shy. He'd kind of have, like... His hands would be doing this. And I'm mm-hmm. doing kind of like... A, he'd do, like, dainty hands. Yeah. I even have... I have the action figure, and one of his hands is, like, stuck in like a little, it's like pulled back like it's almost like, ooh, hello and it just it kind of looks like a cute little girl hand Um, but I I don't think he changed that much he just looks a little taller I think he has blue eyes um, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really bother me, like none of the eye colors bother me, I just think it's interesting that they gave them eye colors Um, how about Knuckles?
1: He's very much alike, the other one Um, I I guess, I mean, it depends on which art we're going with, but I wasn't a huge fan of the classic Knuckles outside of, like, a few depictions. Because there's some depictions where he looks kind of deformed, or he has, like, this weird expression on his face. It's like they didn't really nail the look of Knuckles yet, since it was kind of already late into the classic Sonic ones. Yeah. Uh, But I do like the Adventure one. I think he looks fine. I don't like the Lego thing he has going on with his uh, (laughs) shoes. Oh yeah. But but uh I did like him in Adventure. I thought he was the most um it's probably this a solid depiction of his, his character in the way that they came more of a backstory. So hmm. Adventure did what, did right by Knuckles.
0: What do you think those things are on his shoes? You think they're like bolts, like on I, a it, plate?
1: Uh they're Lego. So you could build Lego uh <laughs> towers I guess. on his foot. Uh and
0: then the big one, um, Amy Rose.
1: I like classic Amy. I mean, come on, dude. There's more, like, they just gave her a one-piece, like, dress thing. I mean, I know we're talking about a a fictional character, and we're talking about the, uh, like, what she's wearing, but, like, Mm -hmm. the the ensemble she has in the classic one is better. They should have just used that clothes on this, but I still like the more hedgehog look with the spikes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't like the comb-down hair. Um, The tutu is a little dated, Mm -hmm. but I think the sneakers are cool Um, I mean they had to do what they had to do she probably is the most dated character in the Sonic lineup Uh, the clothes she has definitely aren't timeless I mean even then she's more like Japanese girls at that time I don't even think American girls like looked like that in the 90s it was more of an 80s thing you know
1: yeah, and um, do you think... Would you be open to having a Amy Modern Rose um, modern redesign? Yeah, and I think, think it, so. Do you think it would ever happen, though, with Sonic Team?
0: I think they could do some sort of fun publicity, like where they show off her new clothing on the cover of some, like, girls' magazine.
1: That'd be you pretty know? interesting.
0: You know, like, be like, check out Amy's new style. And I, I think she could use a new dress. I just think the red dress... There's nothing that I love about it. I think pink and red's kind of a weird mix. Like it doesn't really look that great to me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge Amy, like modern Amy fan. So yeah, I I would definitely say that was the one uh, redesign that didn't work for me. But um, let's talk about Eggman.
1: Ooh. Um, He's got this, he looks more like an egg. He's a, Mm, I like his classic look because it was like pretty min- – I think it worked fine for the game because it was more minimal Minimal with the 16-bit graphics mm-hmm. and his whole big glasses. And there's also two depictions of him, right? There was the cartoon right. in the U.S. which he had like red – that's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the classic uh, Genesis right. games, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely like the classic one better, but this one wasn't that bad. It's weird that he kind of has, like, these pointy shoes right on here, or, like, black. Isn't it, like, yeah. kind of looks like he has slippers on or something?
0: Yeah, it's... They are kind of, like, weird pointy shoes. And um, I think they kind of toned it down a little bit with later designs. Like, he doesn't seem as extreme in his proportions. But um, yeah, it's more like a military uniform that he has. Yeah, When, before, he had, like, a cape. It was almost like he was his own superhero or something. Um, and I don't think a lot of people knew that. It was kind of like a little cape in the back. It was like a, a collar with a, a yellow cape and then these... Did he have the little buttons? Yeah. And yeah. So it's uh, it's a goofy design. I, I think it's... He does look more menacing. He's taller, for sure. I think because they sized up all the characters. Um, and I, I did want to just talk about the Sonic movie briefly just because... You know, you look at these, and by and large, outside of Amy, like, it's not a major change. And I think it's because Yukawa knew that he was working with characters that were iconic, and even, you know, going along with Izuka's uh, uh, talking to other members of the team and trying to figure out what are the essential elements of a Sonic game, I think Yukawa, Yukawa was looking at what are the essential elements of Sonic as a character. And I think he retained a lot of that, and I think... It's just unfortunate that the original design for the Sonic movie took something that that has worked for so long and is so iconic and just redesigned it just because. And the fact that now they're delaying the, game, the movie to uh, Valentine's Day 2020. And did you see the rumor that um, Tyson uh, Heese or Hess is uh, doing oh. the redesign?
1: Uh, that well I heard the rumor the whole thing the whole thing uh, stems about the fact that when they did the the announcement the art looked like his yeah yeah um I, I, I don't know if I could see that because that means that I mean what do you think he's gonna do I, I mean I just assume he's gonna go back to the original designs but um yeah as I, f- oh sorry, sorry going well he did some
0: some sketches but I guess what I find so weird is that his sketches basically took the new redesign or the his sketches took the movie design and moved it more towards the game design. So basically you you had classic Sonic, you had Sonic Adventure Sonic, you had kind of the modern Sonic we have now which is pretty close to Adventure Sonic and then this weird radical redesign for a movie and then you bring someone Tyson or whoever it is to now take elements of that, of what we like and apply it to this movie design. It just seems like it's a mess. It just, yeah. It's, yeah. The fact that it's happening now is like a head scratcher. I'm like scratching my head right now, even. And, well, um,
1: well, I yeah, was gonna say, w- yeah. what they could learn about this, in my opinion, is, uh, well, uh, don't leave the classic stuff there. Like, there's some stuff where, um, you can't change, in my opinion. Like, you, you shouldn't change the fact that he has gloves. Um, you shouldn't miss around with his eyes, because there's a reason they're like that. Um, yeah, that's my thing. It's like, obviously, I don't know what they expected, and I'm surprised they're delaying the movie based on some... Like, that. this idea went so far up the chain, and they didn't see it, the blow-up. It's just yeah. ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> the game... Had famously had six playable characters with two new additions, EO2 Gamma, had a targeting and shooting gameplay style, which was said to be based on fan feedback from letters written to the team asking for shooting to be added in Sonic games. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. I, you know what? I wish when I was a kid I would have just like started... You know, writing my favorite game creators, and I'm like, I want this game to have the Hulk and Wolverine in it. And then they just made it happen.
0: But, like, those are letters you report to the police. You're like, Dear Sonic <laughs> Team, please add guns to Sonic games. I want Sonic to shoot people. It's like, <laughs> Who are these people?
1: Who is and then this? Instead, Sonic Team's like, All right, we got gotcha. you. Yeah, um, no. Big the Cat, meanwhile, featured fishing. Which was meant to break up the intense nature of the other five characters. Between the two, which character and playstyle do you prefer, Big or Gamma?
0: Wow. I,
1: okay, so Big, he's a he's a thick character, so we got some representation there. Mm-hmm. But like Gamma, he has way better gameplay, right? It's more exciting to uh, yeah. shoot uh, random targets. So I would say Gamma, but Big the Cat is a better character design because uh, he's the first lazy. Sonic the Hedgehog character because everybody's always up to something. We need somebody that's just chilling, dude. Just relax.
0: And Bigs really become kind of like a lovable joke now. Like Mm -hmm. the Sonic uh, Team Sonic Racing Overdrive video. Like they went all in on like Big being funny with Froggy and all that. Like I think it's great that they're embracing him as uh, as a comedic character and almost like a. like a Studio Ghibli character, you know, where he's like kind of outside of everything doing his own thing. And everyone's like, what is big up to? Um, but I will say the gamma gameplay at my problem with it was even though there's targeting and shooting, it's all very random. Like you just spin the controller and target as much as you can and let go spin the controller target as much as you can and let go. You know, it wasn't like you were aiming at things. You, did you get that?
1: Yeah. Same, same. Um, I, It wasn't perfect, but, um, I think at the time I was more impressed the fact that it had more gameplay than Sonic, because when I bought it, I was going in thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog game. I played the, you know, obviously the demo. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was getting into, and then I started playing it, and it's like, Tails, alright, Tails is the same thing, kind of like the Genesis games. Knuckles, what? Okay, this is totally different. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, so I was more impressed that they did everything so different, um, I didn't I didn't hate the big the cat the fishing game the first time I played it, but then uh yeah, then I started noticing how annoying it is in the later levels and stuff so <laughs> gamma is better, but I agree neither of these are perfected. I think this is the problem we had with Sonic Team games at the time like they had so many ideas, but they didn't really polish all of them to the perfection. There's always something we are like, why would you even add this if it's not that big, if it's not all the way you know cooked right but all right, um, you, anything you want to add about that you, so I can talk well, about chaos. You know,
0: there has been a talk of um, like fans wanting a remastered version or a remade version of Sonic Adventure. and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I guess what I find so interesting about that is if you're gonna do that, I say like go all out and just completely remake the game to the point where you're like fixing things that didn't work all the way. So like make big the cat fishing that's actually really fun and exciting make gamma gameplay where we're actually targeting things and there's a little more skill involved and on the same token like I, I then question should we actually be doing this the whole remake because why would Sonic Team why should Sonic's Team spend so much time perfecting fishing and shooting uh, so it's almost like either they do nothing release it as is and we deal with, you know, the, the problems it had to begin with. Or they go all out and then they're wasting their time. Because in a future game, we're not going to see fishing again. Like, why did you spend all that time perfecting it? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I feel like, I think they... I mean, it's funny because Sega has so many fishing things going on in like yeah. other games. Like, Yakuza has a satisfying fishing mode. Um, um, they had Sega Bass Fishing at the time. So, yeah, I agree with you. But, I mean, I'm surprised that Sonic Team never went back. And I know I've noticed this with Japanese developers. The idea of going back is, to them, seems like an insult. It's mm. like they should always be going moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, I don't mind Japanese developers, but I understand from a creative standpoint, you don't want to go back sometimes. Um, the character of Chaos, which was the bad guy in this video game, was created by Zuka who wanted an enemy to separate from Eggman, a common thing with Yazuka and Sonic games that he's done. And mm-hmm. the character that was transparent and liquid to show off the Dreamcast's technical abilities. How does Chaos compare to modern day enemies like Infinite, the, the Deadly Six, Time Eater, and Dodon Pa? Pa. Is that?
0: <laughs> Dodon Pa.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. At the time, I didn't. I just thought he was just like a tool. So, to me, when I played it, I was like, this is not a sentient being. It's just a creature being used mm-hmm. for destruction. So, to me, it was like, I guess, revealing that Eggman has a big robot. Like, I wouldn't go, oh, my God, look, he has a huge robot. It's kind of like part of the course, right? Like, he has a weapon that he uses against Sonic. Yeah. So, I think that's why... Chaos never lived up to being, you know, Eggman number two or another Eggman, I guess, villain to stand near him, in my opinion. But when we saw all the feedback we got when we talked about Sonic Forces and they they did all the bad guys, and then we talked about, uh, I said I didn't think anybody liked Chaos, but then a lot of people in the comments really, really liked him and they were pretty hyped about him being in that Mm -hmm. game. So I guess he did not live up, compared to these characters, like... Do I think we're gonna be talking about the deadly, uh, the deadly six or Time Eater? Like, do I even hear anybody talk about Time Eater anymore? No. Compared to no. Uh, Chaos, no. So yeah, I think he's above these characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what's I, your opinion on
0: uh, on Chaos? I thought it was a cool design just because there were so many versions of him. Like, I don't think we saw every iteration, but the fact that he kept uh, uh, growing in size and changing in his design was cool Um, I did think it was also neat that they tied him in with the classic games so he was always inside the Master Emerald so technically he was in the classic games we just didn't see him I thought that was really cool Um, I think with enemies like Infinite, I mean you look at him he's what, like a guy who found a gem that I don't know, changed him Uh, Deadly Six were like six guys that made absolutely no sense. They looked like they were from like a Disney show or something. Um, Yeah, it's just... I I feel like Chaos, unfortunately, despite not being as popular as I think he should be or he is, um, is the best villain outside of Eggman that they've done in a long time. It's a shame uh, that when he was in Forces... He wasn't in forces. You know what I mean? He wasn't a playable boss.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> so you want me to move on to the next bit of this uh, thing? Sure. I don't know. We should move on. But, <laughs> Chow, I know this is the part where, uh, I guess, everybody starts cheering, right? I'm about to trash this thing. No. Uh-oh. We're an evolution of a-life tech developed for Nights into Dreams... The system was fleshed out and expanded into a mini game, and the intent was to attract people unfamiliar with Sonic to the series and hone their gameplay in action stages through raising the creatures. Mm-mm. So, uh, do you think that was successful? And, uh, <laughs> oh, the subsection of fan... Oh, yeah, because after the adventure games, we never got the- this back, so uh, Sonic Team destroyed the fandom they <laughs> created with this, and... Okay, so I'll start the talk real quick. The, the chow, they're really, really popular. So yeah. we can start talking and saying that. I think if you ask everybody on the internet what they think about them, everybody would say they loved them. These were basically Digimon or uh, Tam- Tamagotchi, but in a mm-hmm. high, more highly polygon, especially at the time. It's really nice looking a 3D game. And uh I personally played the crap out of this, and I and Sonic Adventure Two. I spent probably more hours in this thing doing this than I did in the actual game. So <laughs> I think it worked. I I know a few uh, friends that used to play it as well, and they really really liked it. I think it they really used the VMUs. I don't know if it was the second one that let you, but did they both let you take the the chow with you on the go? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. And you could connect them with another one because the VMUs connect on the tips. Yes. So, yeah, it was very interesting. I, I, this is probably my favorite thing about Sonic Adventure. And I think if anything links Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, since they're so different, it's uh, basically Chao's, basically. <laughs> I mean, they're in both versions. Uh, what do you think about the Chao system?
0: I thought it was very cool. I thought it was a great way to utilize uh, the Dreamcast's capabilities. Um, it's just it's a shame that they couldn't find a way to carry it forward. I understand not doing it in like the Xbox and PS Two era, but with smartphones now, I'm surprised they haven't done a Chow app that works with your game. Like they're doing it in Japan all the time with the uh, the Yakuza series, but Sonic, it's like they keep doing these speed running games, and I don't yeah. understand why they don't bring the Chow back. Now, I'm not one of those people who are like, they need to bring back Chow, but the fact that you put it into two games and drew so many people to the series through that, and then you kind of just leave them hanging, like, I feel like they probably lost a lot of potential uh, players just because of that. Like, I'm certain there's, like, some housewife who got a Dreamcast and was just playing the Chow stuff, you know what I mean? Like, someone who never would really be playing Sonic games and I think it's interesting too that they saw the Chow Garden as a way for people who were not as good at Sonic games to kind of practice so they could go into the uh, action stages and be better
1: yeah it's very interesting and I think I don't know if it if I've seen people that wouldn't play Sonic play it but I do know that the people that did play Sonic put a lot of hours into that game so mm. uh it's interesting that they never did it. Like you said, they have this power. They know that the smartphone reaches a wide variety of people. We know that Sonic the Hedgehog video games on mobile phones do very well. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they never try to like cross-bridge it where it's like, you get a chow app, you play with a chow app. Oh, you want these items? Oh, uh, they're, basically, they're basically free if you buy uh, X game that just came out of Sonic. Yep. I mean, why not? I mean, you get hundreds of millions of people's eyes on that, but it's kind of weird. Or maybe even tie it in where you get a high a console version of it, and you could like move the the data back and forth. But yeah, yeah,
0: like a uh, like an app or something, like a digital only version of yeah. the phone game. Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's there. But you know, Sonic Team has uh, the Wisps. They're they're the new Chow, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um,
1: okay, uh, the game featured a huge team of musicians with several musical styles. Live instruments were used to take advantage of the Dreamcast cap- capabilities. Chun-Sin even threw in a few nods t- to his music from 3D Blast. I didn't even know he did that, the mm. music for that game. And his band Crush 40 created the iconic theme, Open Your Heart. Okay, do you know why they're called Crush 40?
0: because they what was it something about when they're for, they turn 40 years old
1: oh, I thought, crush it Oh I thought I thought they turned 40 so that's why they were called Crush 40 I was like damn they're like 80 years old now because it's like 20 years ago
0: I think I think it was they were younger and they were like well, when we're doing this we're going to crush for I don't remember what
1: uh, So much can't be said about the music of Sonic Adventure so let's discuss it a bit what are your favorite tracks, and what is your most underrated track?
0: Ooh, I love the snowboarding song. Mm. Um, I also I like any of the snow the snowboarding and the sandboarding music is really cool. Uh, and to be honest, I kind of like the knuckles stuff. It's a little cheesy, but um, uh, you it's like catchy. uh the pumpkin hill? Oh, that's that's essay too. But
1: uh, oh yeah, it's true. Iconic.
0: But I liked his uh I liked his theme. That was pretty cool. Um I didn't like the Amy music or like the bubblegum kind of stuff so much.
1: Oh but, yeah. The uh, boop, 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 it's like what? Every time she would come in they would just play that song her theme?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was a little too uh, repetitive. But um talking about three D Blast, like the music in um Twinkle Circuit or Twinkle Park, that was mm-hmm uh from three d blast if you remember during the cutscenes where they're showing it goes like i mean my throat's shot but i'll I'll try to sing it like it goes you know like that yeah that was uh that so that was reused from three d blast but um yeah, those are some of my favorite ones i i mean looking back, I do like the butt rock. Uh, Crush 40 music But It was cheesy then I think it's cheesy now How about you?
1: You know uh, When Like I said I said this before Like I'm not really That into the whole Like you said It was kind of cheesy The rock music But it's crazy Like um, How iconic The music has become When we went to that Sonic Adventure event Oh my god So many grown men Just shouting out Their lungs In like Bliss I mean It was contagious I mean You had to feel good Right? Yeah Yeah Um, I, I, I guess it grew more on me over time. Like even, I mean, it's, it's catchy music. It's one of those like, all right, you got me. It's in my head. Uh, kill me now. But Mm -hmm. I agree with you. All the snowboarding stuff, anything with the snow, anything, there's ice. Uh, Sonic Team usually has a pretty good track behind it. I don't know why. I guess they just go in for the chill. Yeah. Uh, they always do that well. Uh, I actually, so I think the whole soundtrack grew on me. Um, at the time did you think like how do you compare it to the Genesis ones like they're totally different music right bubblegum rock pop or whatever with this I mean completely different it was um, uh,
0: like at the time it was just surprising how different it was and just it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of musical styles if I'm honest I'm not one to listen to a lot of music outside of like movies and TV shows and video games so, I would be hearing stuff, and I'd be like, "What the hell is this?" And, um, you know, and then I'd take that that path down and uh learn more about I guess music. so that's good. but, um, how about some underrated tracks? uh because I was gonna bring up the um ice cap, but the first one that was really quiet,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought
0: I thought that one looking back now it was very uh fantasy star online like where you're you know before the battle and you're just kind of exploring and it's uh very um what's the word i'm looking for it's very like environmental it's just kind of soothing i really like that one and mm-hmm. uh, e102's theme song too it's the only one without lyrics really <laughs> and it's it's like robot music i like it
1: yeah, I have no idea what would be an underrated track. Like, I'm trying to think of this, like, the soundtrack, and I never really even discussed the soundtrack with anybody. I, like, I've heard it, but, like, I'm like, what, tra- what track do people hate that I that I would <laughs> consider underrated? So I'm not going to be able to figure that out. But <laughs> we are going to talk about advertisement because, believe it or not, Sega actually advertises Sonic games. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Um, so... First, we're gonna we're gonna put on the screen a couple of uh, ads. First, we're gonna look at the Japanese one right here. Sonic Adventure. Oi, Sonic! Really gonna do Ah! Okay, Sonic. Go!
0: Yahoo!
1: <laughs> um here's the European ad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Dreamcast. this is the American one? And I'm assuming this is the the, the DJ one? Yeah. 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 What's your name? So page, they call me the glove How you feel in the night? you're feeling the love Feel the love glove Yo, Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Yo, Sonic, Sonic Man, stay off the light speed My bad Sonic Adventure On Sega Dreamcast It's the big Okay, so we saw three different ads uh, Both of them sound like the same game But three different ways Yeah uh, so, which one did you like the most? I mean, I, I'm assuming we're gonna be biased in this one. And, uh, which one surprised you the most?
0: Um, I would say... I like the American one the most. Of course, I'm biased, but I just... I love that... That whole campaign of flying inside of the Dreamcast. Seeing all the characters. You'd see characters who wouldn't be in games for, like, another year. You know, like, I think the Floygan brothers make cameos. And, um... But I I think it's still... I mean, they don't show as much gameplay and they don't tell you exactly what the game's all about, but I don't think they have to. I think just showing some of those set pieces really works well. And um, I love Sonic's DJing there. Um, I was actually surprised by the European ad. Like I looked around for European ads and I didn't really see that many like that were anything different than what that one was, which was just like... Gameplay. Gameplay. Fast music and gameplay. And then it was like Sonic waking up from a dream. (laughs) Yeah. And that was it. Um, I don't know. And I mean, this one, it says dreamcast.com slash what is it? AU. Isn't that Australian? I don't know. Yeah. So maybe that's not European, but it's the blue swirl. So.
1: And what do you think about the Japanese one having a Indiana Jones feel to it?
0: (laughs) That's just, I mean, the Japanese are what they are. Uh, yeah, I think it's funny that somewhere in the forests is like a Sonic plush just decaying.
1: <laughs> the Japanese are gonna do what the Japanese do. Yeah, and I think it's weird that it's like I understand that there's like it takes place in South America and they're trying to but just the way Jap- Japan is, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say too much about that ad. I want to get controversial, but the American ad, I agree with you. I love the inside the Dreamcast. I think that's probably the most I second or third maybe third i mean sega has some iconic uh advertisement campaigns Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously uh, genesis does of course everybody remembers this one is kind of like a back to that form i what do you think about sonic being a dj though that always got me i was like i play the game there's nothing he never dj's in the game or anything i know he looks cooler like graffiti but i mean
0: he's fast so i can imagine he's good at it like switching records and stuff
1: yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's a DJ now in America, but uh, the European ad, like, if you just want to sell the graphics, like, I think it works for itself. I understand that it's not as creative. I I, I agree 100%. The Sega of America ad, uh, advertisement camfa- campaign for the Dreamcast was, like, miles ahead of the Japanese and the European. Like, they had the idea of branding. Um, they were, like... They had a look to the commercials, like a lot of games had the same look of the commercials, so you knew right away it was a Dreamcast commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they were better with the whole branding, their uh, message than they were in the other places, and you could tell right here because right when I clicked the ad, I, right when I saw the Dreamcast thing going in, I was like, "All right, I, I know what ad this is. No, no, no need to look." Yeah. Um, I did. So I agree with you. I like that they, all the franchises were represented. It kind of really made you feel like this is a movement, I guess. Like, these games are all together inside your console, and they really did a good job, and this ad really obviously worked. Mm -hmm. Because I'm assuming that's the game sold the best in America.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And uh, that's all the notes I have. What do I do now?
0: (laughs) Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Sonic Adventure? I know it's it's a huge game. There's things we haven't touched on. I don't think they're... I don't think we can touch on everything. There's to call.
1: Oh, oh the I know. I know, um, I know what we can talk about. I can know what we can talk about. The DLC. Do you remember the DLC? And do you remember uh, downloading the DLC and trying it out? I know there was the launch day DLC. There mm-hmm. was a Y two K DLC. There was a Christmas tree DLC. Um, uh, I'm probably missing some, but you 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 ever try any of these?
0: Yeah, the Christmas tree one I thought was really cool. Um, It's kind of funny, though, because I I remember there was one DLC that played um, Sonic CD music in one of the stages, but it was the Japanese music, so I've never heard that before. And I was like, what is this music? It's so weird. Um, So it's definitely, they didn't really um, localize it. No. (laughs) But um, I thought it was so cool. I remember showing my parents... Uh, showing my dad the Christmas tree and being like, "Look what they can do," and he's like, "Wow, look at that." Um, and I, and years later, I would go and download uh, some of the DLC we didn't get over here to check out what other countries got. So it was cool. I liked it.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things that I guess extended the game, and you know, I wish they had a system where you could have like just downloaded it, like, or in the men menu or something, like change it, or have a system where they had like. VMU space already saved up, so it changes every uh holiday, right? Like, oh, you got a springtime skin, and and like Station Square always changed. Mm-hmm. But this is the earliest of that actually happening. I know now in games, and even my TV changes in the holidays now, the menu. Um, and it's like common, but back then this was not common. So this is the first time of that happening. It, it blew my mind. I remember showing everybody when I figured... How to download stuff off of a uh, Planet Web?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, and I, I just basically downloaded saves. Like, oh, I lost my save for Marvel's Capcom Two. Not gonna just. I'm not gonna sit here and wait for all the characters to unlock. I'm just gonna download it. Right. I thought it was interesting. Before that, I would uh, my friend would download. Like he would. He would tell me I I, oh, I beat all these games 100. percent No, he just downloaded the saves from Planet Web and then he was sharing with me. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was so cool. I was like, oh man, you're so cool. Look (laughs) at you, you beat all these games. And he's a goddamn liar. (laughs) Liar. Liar. Anyway, that's the end of this episode of Sega Talk. You want anything to add about uh, Sonic Adventure?
0: I just think it's a fantastic game. Uh, I apologize for my voice. Uh, There's so much more I could say about it. But that's the great thing about you know, doing this show is hearing from people after we record, hearing their thoughts about it, and um, and we do have a few people's thoughts. Um, I sent you the uh, link there, actually, on our uh, Discord chat if you want to read from our Patreon supporters who get early... What do okay. they, get? they get early access to the show and they also get their comments read first.
1: How do you say this guy's Jack, name? Jack... Remember renting a Dreamcast plus Sonic Adventure from Blockbuster Video in September of '99? It really blew my mind. The best thing out at the time graphically was probably Arcane of Time and Metal Gear Solid One. So seeing a 128-bit Sonic running around at 60 frames per second was incredible. While the game does show its age when played today, it'll always give me nostalgic feels. Thank you for writing that in, and I agree, it's interesting, right, 128-bit, I forgot all about that, remember it yeah. was all over the box?
0: Yeah, Big Nicholas, Biff.
1: how do you say this guy's name? Schaefer. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I remember playing it as a demo at, rest in peace, Toys R Us, someone had left it on Biggs, but I had never played a 3D game before. I had no clue I was supposed to fish. Uh, I just ran around Mystic Ruins thinking this was the coolest game ever. It's kind of my first experience with uh, Mario 64 was uh, basically me just climbing trees going, Hugo, climb trees in a game. That's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for writing. If you guys want to support this show and keep it going, you can support this on Patreon at patreon.com. Bits. thank you guys for listening catch you guys next time see ya